it's December once again, and that means we are once again going to be looking at some holiday music. This episode, we're going to be looking at a couple of different Christmas carols and some of the interesting stories about their creation. All of that and more on this episode of Tom Said What? Welcome on in. It is December 1st, which means that my mind is turning towards the holiday season. For me, I'm Catholic. I'm Christian. I celebrate Christmas. Um, I know there are several other holidays that are celebrated around this time of year. Hanukkah being one of them. Also Kwanzaa being another one that gets celebrated. Me not having any experience in those areas, I will leave those discussions and celebrations to people that are actually experts in those fields. But I'm I believe I would call myself very experienced in celebrating the Christmas season, as it's what I've celebrated my entire life. So today we are going to focus a little bit on a couple of Christmas songs, things that have been pretty ubiquitous in my experience, um, and we'll look a little bit into their history, things I didn't know before that I find super interesting, so I would love to share with all of you. But before we get to that, I do have one quick announcement that I'd like to put out there. I'm not very good at cross-promoting myself in different areas, but I have officially put out my first single. Um, I wrote a piece of music and produced it and put it out to the world. Those of you who are avid uh, listeners to this podcast you will have already heard this song it's called rain is a coming and it debuted on this podcast actually uh, several months ago you heard me perform it i took that performance i edited it a little bit i didn't add anything else to it because i actually haven't written any more to that song but it's now available as a single out there in pretty much any streaming service you would like. I personally have had experience finding it on Spotify and in Amazon Music. Um, So find it wherever you listen to music. Let me know what you think about it. Give me whatever feedback you'd like about its performance. If you'd like me to finally finish it and maybe put out a remastered version of it once I write another verse or a bridge or something different to it. But uh, let me know what you think about that. Again, that's Rain is a Coming, and it's listed under me, Thomas Sedlak. Um, I know on this podcast I typically go by Tom, but I went official when I decided to put out a single, and I went Thomas as the name. So Thomas Sedlak, um, is the name and the song again is rain is a coming i would appreciate your support if you want to give it a listen i would definitely appreciate it thank you on to today's topic so we're going to talk about some christmas music today and i have picked out a couple of different songs that i would like to talk about and then we'll listen to performances of it i've recorded performances of these songs to have us listen to the first one is a really interesting song that I 
didn't realize had such an interesting history to it until I decided to look into it because, you know, you never know the history behind something until you look into it, right? The song is called Away in a Manger, and it is one of those songs that is super common around Christmas time within Christian communities uh, in a lot of the English-speaking world. What I didn't know until I was in my teens and into college even was that the words, while attributed to Martin Luther and supposedly translated from German into English, were never in German, at least according to all the research that I've done and all the research that other people have done into the song. That claiming that it was written by Martin Luther was just like a publicity stunt to get people to actually be interested in the new hymn that these people had written. So instead of just saying, oh yeah, we wrote this and we think you should do it, they said, oh yeah, Martin Luther wrote it for his children, so you should totally sing this new hymn. And that, to me, sounds both shady and underhanded, but also absolutely brilliant like i mean come on if you could get away with saying that it was written by this famous person in history and were able to sell more copies of it or get more people to use your product because of it i mean more power to you i guess would definitely never stand today but back in the 1800s when it was written it was long considered written by Martin Luther for many, many years until people were able to track down the history of it and find out that no, it was never actually written by Martin Luther. Martin Luther probably never knew this song, although the songs were originally published uh, with the title Luther's Cradle Song or Luther's Cradle Hymn and things like that. And it was just really interesting. Now, one of the very super interesting things about this hymn, this Christmas carol, is that it has two major melodies. There are two melodies that have persisted for this particular song throughout history, starting in the 1880s when both of these melodies were were written and the, the words were set to these melodies and then they became popular in their usage. In the United States, the most popular version of Away in a Manger is sung to a melody called Mueller. Why it's called Mueller is actually pretty interesting because it was originally written by a guy, his name is James R. Murray, and that was in 1887. But for some reason, throughout this whole thing like they put his initials they put this murray guy initial where the composer's name is normally given and as a consequence some of the compilers of the songbook apparently supposed that he had done all was to arrange the accompaniment so then they didn't give him credit for writing the melody and eventually, somehow, the melody was attributed to this made-up person of Carl Mueller. No one knows who Carl Mueller was or is, or even if there ever was a Carl Mueller. But because of that, for many, many years, 
it was attributed to this Carl Mueller, even though it was actually written by this guy, James R. Murray. And eventually the tune just became known as Mueller as a result, which is really kind of interesting. Now, in some of the books that I have this melody in, they do properly attribute it to James R. Murray as the melody, um, and they don't call it Mueller, but it's pretty interesting that a song, again, with, I mean, we're only talking like 150, maybe not even a full 150 years of history here that has such complex, like, attributions to it. Like, they said it was written by Martin Luther. It wasn't actually written by Martin Luther. This guy, James R. Murray, actually wrote the melody but they didn't give him credit because they thought he was just the arranger because they put the name luther's cradle song on it and then somehow this guy carl Mueller comes along and they give him the credit for it but no one knows who carl Mueller was and that's it's just really super interesting to me anyway this is the melody that i grew up learning and knowing having grown up in the united states lived in the united states my entire life so this is the melody that I grew up knowing, the one I knew as a kid, and it's just the one that, to me, is Away in the Manger. If you say Away in a Manger, this is the melody that jumps to my mind immediately. Let's listen to a performance of that particular melody. Here it is. the version of Away in a Manger that I grew up singing and learned because it's the one that's the most popular here in the United States. A couple of things musically about it. I love the long phrasing. I love the starting from a high point in the melody and kind of moving in this downward motion, taking us on this kind of spiritual journey. I don't want to get too uh, religious about it, but this idea of Jesus coming from heaven and down to earth to become a little baby and the significance of that particular movement in the melody, as well as, you know, spiritually within the whole theology of all of it. I love the reflection of that in this particular melody. It's one of the ones that I, again, it's my favorite of these. 
But, as I said, that's not the only melody that Away in the Manger is sung to. And the other melody, which has become known as Cradle Song, written by William J. Kirkpatrick and published in 1895. So it was the second melody that was published to these particular words. Again, is Away in a Manger, but to a different melody. And it has become popular in Britain, Ireland, and Canada. So in like kind of the British territories that would, well, Ireland isn't a British territory, but you know, in those other English speaking parts of the world that aren't in the United States, this particular um, melody has become popular outside of the United States. And I didn't even know that this particular melody existed until high school, I want to say, uh, when I was looking through a book and I found Away in a Manger and it didn't look like any Away in a Manger that I had ever seen. It's a very different kind of melody. It's a very similar phrasing, but a different kind of motion and kind of an alternating pattern within the melodies. So um, this one, again, became known as the Cradle Song Melody and was written by William J. Kirkpatrick and was written in 1895. Now, both of the people, by the way, who wrote these melodies came from the United States. They were both American composers. So this song, Away in a Manger, is completely an American creation. Both the words and the two different melodies come from the United States, but were trying to be attributed to having come from Europe and Martin Luther. And it's pretty interesting that like in the early-ish, although it wasn't all that early, the United States was around for over a hundred years at the point that both of these melodies were being written but they were trying to attribute them to something older because, you know, Christmas and the celebration of Christmas ties back to Jesus and 2,000 years ago at this point. And so they were looking to tie it to something older and more established to be able to establish themselves as a melody for a famous carol. Anyway, again, this is called Cradle Song, written by William J. Kirkpatrick. That's the melody. Again, this is Away in a Manger, a slightly different melody. Let's listen to this version of it. Away in a manger, no crib for a man. The little Lord Jesus lay down his sweet head. The stars in the bright sky looked down where he lay. The little Lord Jesus asleep on the hay. The cattle are lowing, the baby awakes, but little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. I love thee, Lord Jesus, 
Look down from the sky and stay by my side until morning is nigh. As I said before, this is not the melody that I grew up singing for Away in a Manger. It's popular in Britain, Ireland, and Canada, not here in the United States, but it is sometimes found. My, like I said, my first introduction to it was in high school when I was doing research into other things and found this other melody to it. Anyway, two really cool settings of one of my favorite Christmas carols and two very cool stories about where they came from. So uh, we're going to take a break there for this. And when we come back, I have another Christmas carol that I've done some research into. We'll talk about it, listen to it, and move on. And welcome back on in. Once again, there's probably no ad in that space just there. If you would like to help me get to have some more ads into that space, go ahead and spread this around. Send it to people so that they can listen to it too. Anyway, back on to topic. Uh, before the break, we talked about Away in a Manger and how it lives in this interesting space where there are two different melodies for the same song. For this next song, we're going to talk about a song that kind of lives a life where there is an official name for it, but so many people have changed that official name that it kind of, the official name has no meaning to it anymore. And that is a song called Deck the Hall. Notice I didn't put the S on the word hall. Um... Most people know it as Deck the Halls, but it was originally written as Deck the Hall, and it wasn't until almost 200 years after it was written that they added the S, and then people have just kind of referred to it as that since. Um, but let's dive into this. So Deck the Hall is a Christmas carol, as many of you probably know. And it comes from Wales. It's a traditional Welsh hiss carol. Um, it was originally written in the 16th century, which would actually be the 1500s. So what I said earlier was incorrect. So it was written in the 1500s, and then it was sort of translated into English in the 1800s. So like 300 years after it was written, we get the translation and we get the S added to the end of that word. Instead of it being hall, we get halls. Anyway, um, that's pretty interesting to me to begin with, but it's pretty, you know, I don't know, maybe it doesn't mean all that much to a lot of people. The original words, the original English lyrics, as they were sort of translated from the Welsh, um, go like this. Deck the hall with boughs of holly, fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. Tis the season to be jolly, fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. That's pretty standard. Here's where it comes in a little bit differently. Fill the mead cup, drain the barrel, fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. Trowel the ancient Christmas carol, fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. 
See the flowing bowl before us. Fa la 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 la. Strike the harp and join in chorus. Fa la 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 la. Follow me in merry measure. Fa la 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 la. While I sing of beauty's treasure. Fa la 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 la. Fast away the old year passes. Fa la 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 la. Hail the new ye lads and lasses. Fa la 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 la. Laughing, quaffing all together. Fa la 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 la. Heedless of the wind and weather. Fa la 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 la. Those were the original English words. And then in 1877, those original English words came out in 1862. There was a version in the Pennsylvania School Journal, which they removed all the references to drinking from it. Because, you know, 1877, not quite about the time for uh, prohibition in the United States, but the temperance movement was a pretty big deal, especially in Pennsylvania, um, run by, you know, people who wanted to uphold particular moral um, customs and things like that. And so they wrote new words, the ones that we are most likely um, familiar with or sort of familiar with these days, but removed all of the references to drinking. So the version that came out in 1877, deck the hall with boughs of holly, tis the season to be jolly, Don we now our gay apparel, replaces that fill the mead cup, drain the barrel from the previous version. Troll the ancient Christmas carol. See the blazing yule before us. Again, removing the flowing bowl reference. Again, that was a drinking reference. Strike the harp and join the chorus. Follow me in merry measure while I tell of Christmas treasure. Removing beauty's treasure, uh, maybe a reference to, you know, lascivity and things like that. Fast away the old year passes, hail the new ye lads and lasses, sing we joyous all together, heedless of the wind and weather, that sing we joyous line removes the laughing quaffing, and quaffing of course is a verb meaning to drink, so um, pretty interesting. And then here comes the big change that I was mentioning. In 1892, that's when we start seeing the pluralization of the title deck the halls versus deck the hall and then some common other things replace christmas with yule or yuletide um for example troll the ancient yuletide carol or while i tell of yuletide treasure okay instead of christmas carol and christmas treasure to try and make them seem more i don't know accommodating or to you know, work into other people's traditions within that particular time of year. Um, pretty interesting. Pretty interesting, the whole thing. Um, and that's just, you know, I, I don't know. It was always, again, a song that I sang growing up as a kid. Didn't really think too much about it until I decided to do a little bit of research for this particular podcast of it. Here's a performance of Deck the Hall by me, once again, uh, for this podcast. Here it is.
jolly fa la 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 Don we now our gay apparel fa la 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 Troll the ancient yuletide carol fa la 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 See the blazing yule before us Hall, again, performed by me for this particular podcast in 2023. And that's just going to be about it. That's going to wrap up our um, tour of a couple of different Christmas songs, a little bit of their history, a little bit of their performance, and things like that. I would love to end on a couple of questions. Reach out um, and uh, interact if you so desire. What are some of your favorite holiday and Christmas songs? Would you care for me to take a deep dive on them and do a little bit of research and also perform them in future Christmas or holiday song music episodes? If so, please reach out through either whatever podcast service you are using or reach out on Twitter, I guess now X, um, at Tom said what? That's at T-O-M-S-E-D-W-H-A-T. Let me know what your thoughts are on any of these different songs that I've performed this week and or let me know what your thoughts are on the single that I put out. Rain is a coming. Remember, available on Spotify and Apple Music, Amazon Music, all of your major um, streaming services. It should be available out there for you. Let me know what you think. Let me know if I should invest some time in making some more music or if I should just leave it as a hobby. Anyway, it's been a pleasure talking about the different holiday songs with you this month. I will be back on January 1st, presumably with our standard now, our interview with my son Edward who is now 11, who you heard a couple of months ago if you're a podcast listener when we talked about youth sports. But this will be our yearly interview with him for January 1st. See what's going on in his life, what he's interested in, and talk to him about different things in the world as they are. And maybe we'll invite his younger brother, Joseph, to join us this year, and we'll see how all of that will go. 
Anyway, once again, reach on out on Twitter. It's at Tom Said What, at T O M S E D W H A T. And uh, let me know what your thoughts are. Until next time, have a wonderful time. <laughs>